welcome to How to Become More Podcast. Okay, welcome everybody. This is Francois from HowToBecomeMore.com podcast, welcoming you to a wonderful episode today. We have, we have our friend Travis Robbins, who today is going to talk about something quite interesting. You're going to see the, the life that he had through before becoming an entrepreneur. I was amazed myself. It's fantastic. But like everything, the reason we're here today is to actually inspire and fire up entrepreneurs so they can share their mission, vision, and passion with the world because the life and the fire that you have inside of you, other people need to hear it. And they need to hear it from you. And sometimes we get challenges and we need to overcome them. And today we're going to go with Travis through the journey that he did from nine to five to entrepreneur. Travis, welcome. Thank you so much, Francois, for having me. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. It's my pleasure to be here and to have some fun discussing some things with you today. So like I always do at first, tell me a little bit about yourself, what you've done, personal background, professional background, what you've done. And ladies and gentlemen, hold on. If you thought you did a few things in your life, you're going to love this one. <laughs> Go for it, Travis. Well, to address my whole background a little bit, um, I've had many different jobs in the professional side. Started out working on a farm. I went to work on in a few different uh, restaurants and had several odd jobs like landscaping, hardscaping, just doing whatever I could to, you know, bring some money in and move forward. And um, from there, I transitioned to working at a shipyard and that was right after high school. So, so uh, I started out as a painter and I absolutely hated that because I was the smallest person on the team. So I got sent in all the little spots and, you know, just getting crammed up and painting here and there. And I, I transitioned to, um, installing parts on the ships. And then from there, they moved me to a facility to build parts for the ships. It was um, working on Navy battleships. So I got to work on the DDG 1000 series. That was pretty cool. The newer advanced ships in 2016. And that was right after high school. I didn't, I didn't uh, want to go to college because I didn't really like school. And I figured there was going to be something similar. So like the same for me. Uh, I'm worker. I'm a worker. I like working with my hands. And from there, I transitioned into the military and I spent four years in the Marine Corps as an aviation ordnance systems technician, which is just a fancy term for working on equipment that holds explosives to aircraft. So did a lot of work on the equipment. Wow. Yeah. And I, I got stationed in Korea for one year. That was my first duty station. And that was an amazing experience. The people are amazing. The food is amazing. And I had a lot of fun. And then they moved me to Yuma, Arizona for two years. And that's where I concluded my uh, concluded my first term and decided not to continue on with that. So from there, I, I actually got out of the Marine Corps about four days before COVID shut the world down. So March 3rd, I got out. March 7th, uh, the, the world was like, yeah, we're not doing anything anymore for the rest of ever because of COVID. I'm like, great. No more jobs. Perfect timing. So I actually went unemployed for about six or seven months, not being able to find any work. And then I moved to South Dakota where I am now to work on a wind farm because that was what I could find. And that was more of a troubleshooting equipment and working on maintenance and stuff like that for the big wind turbines. Those were really fun to work with. I got to work with my hands, do a lot of troubleshooting, do some computer work. So it was a trifecta of uh, fun things to do. 
And uh, I actually got fired from that job for um, showing up with alcohol in my breath, which is very um, makes sense because it's very dangerous work with high electricity and high voltages and working at heights. So very responsible of them. And I put myself in a bit of a downward spiral from those years of doing things that I didn't want to do just in order just to be able to survive and make my way because I didn't know what my way was. I was just trying to keep going. And I ended up getting two DUIs the year that I got fired. So after getting fired, I actually got my second DUI. And the first time I told myself I didn't want to end up in that position anymore because, you know, nobody wants to get arrested or anything like that. And the second time was a real wake up call. Like, I'm not going to position ever again. And that really turned to a life changing moment, so to speak, made me get into personal development and understanding who I am, why I'm here and putting my life in order. I'm pretty sure I Googled how to put your life in order and Jordan Peterson popped up and started following him and other characters like uh, Tony Robbins and Bob Proctor later on in 2022 and other people like that. And um, in between getting fired and starting my journey, I was bouncing around between a few different jobs, uh, doing maintenance work on RVs, uh, doing a press break operation at a die cast facility. And then I was working at as a traveling field technician for UPS and FedEx uh, conveyor systems. So a whole bunch of diverse mechanical work. And then I decided to get into the world of entrepreneurship and business ownership because I have a very analytical and troubleshooting mind. So I was applying those skills and, and whatnot towards online business. And from having two DUIs, I had to spend 10 days in jail for um, as part of the um, disciplinary action, so to speak. And right after I got out of jail, I started my business and move forward and move forward in that front. So, wow. So, so let me recap. I'm, I'm going to miss a few of those. Yeah. So all of you that think, you know, so the title of this is from nine to five to entrepreneurs. So check this out. Restaurant, painters, ship, didn't like school, work with hands, military four years, went to Korea, COVID hits, wind farm, troubleshoot, alcohol, got fired, two times DUI. Then he finds personal development. And then after it hits, he says, man, I need to be an entrepreneur. If you ask me, life was telling you that you weren't made for a job before that. Yep. <laughs> and the entrepreneur world was waiting for you. This yeah, I just had to listen to myself. Absolutely. That This is something that is, is very interesting. So I thought I had many, many jobs or things that I did before. But man, it's uh, like you, you take the cake on these things. One of the things that uh, is very interesting is you talked about you went to Korea and you liked it. I, I am a gold medal Canadian champion in Taekwondo, which is a Korean martial arts. Mm -hmm. And those Korean people are absolutely amazing. And a turning point also for me is uh, uh, when I was on the fighting team on a Saturday morning, we come into the uh, the training and our, he, he made us do some crazy stuff. He was ninth Dan. So we had to keep our legs up and people are wobbling a little bit. And I remember vividly saying, drinking last night. So yes, sir. he says, no more or out of the team. So I had to make a decision. So I decided to quit. So that's been 37 years or something like that, that 
haven't touched it. But it was because my desire for something else was bigger than what that was bringing. And so, so that's something that's very powerful for you as well. You said, hey, alcohol in your breath. And then so we sort of get into a self-destructive mode that you did two times the out. And then he says, whoa, stop it. So it's kind of you hit a wall and then you did something about it. This is absolutely great. And then you said personal development, you know, Tony Robbins and all these other people. I've been national trainer for Tony for yeah, many years. And, uh, and it's interesting to me, the best is Bob Proctor. Uh, he passed away a year and some months ago. But Bob is fantastic. And indeed, until you find yourself, you have no traction. But mm -hmm. once you find yourself, then you start to get some traction. And we have some people putting some thumbs up on uh, and likes on uh, Facebook. This is absolutely great. Indeed, finding ourselves and moving forward. And actually, I also congratulate you of, um, on coming out and saying, hey, I had some uh, challenges. Alcohol got fired. Many people keep this hidden. That puts you real, Travis. You're a real individual and you are, you've come to grasp with what it is that you have done and you faced it and now you're moving forward using it as stepping stones rather than stumbling blocks. Everybody listening right now, please, when you have challenges, instead of holding on to them, let them go. And when you let them go, step on them. So they become stepping stones. For those who didn't Absolutely. see, I just raised myself. So now you can get bigger instead of having to drag them and they hold you back. This is so powerful for all entrepreneurs. And we talked about alcohol. Other people have different things. They, they what's it called? Uh, um, Netflix binge instead of <laughs> doing prospecting. It's oh, just so many addictions. It's, that's it. It's so many things. And uh, uh, someone once says, don't judge me because I sin differently than you. We're all, right. We all come short, man. We all come short. But the nice part about this is Hey, if we find out that someone did something that didn't work, it says, hmm, instead of us doing that same mistake, let's learn from that mistake and not do it and then overcome and get to the next level. I absolutely love it. And so you said, so that brought you to entrepreneurs. It says, personally, I love going on adventures and being active outdoors. You're a big fan of puzzles and stories, and you have adopted pretty studious mentality. Tell me a little bit about how the studious mentality can help you into the entrepreneur field? Well, um, one thing that I learned from Bob Proctor was if you're not creating, you're disintegrating. So if you're not growing, you're dying. And it's not just growing as physically growing, like I'm still waiting on my last growth spurt, but it's growing as a person, as an individual, as growing into your interests, your fascinations, finding out what things you enjoy doing and then diving into more of the interest and the fascination, fascination into passion, passion into purpose, to finding that that root and that code, so to speak, finding your own your own code to grow into that. And the more I did research and learning and kind of exposing myself to other other things that I wouldn't normally think that I'd be learning or other perspectives that I hadn't thought about. It was opening up different doorways and pathways in my mind that, um, hey, this is a new way to think about this. And I didn't think about that. So what else can I learn? Am I ignorant to the other side of this possibility, so to speak? So I really love learning new things, but also more of the things that I've started to learn already, because you can never learn everything about anything. So the pursuit of learning more about something 
creates more of a open field of awareness around that subject. And I like having as big of a field as possible. It's like mental real estate, you know, getting more land in your mind, so to speak. So nice. Yeah. I have acres in my mind now. Yeah. Acres of diamond is a, is a really good, that's it. Most people try and look outside, but it's more mainly inside that we have this. You mentioned, you mentioned something of, uh, and I don't want to lose it. Uh, when you became entrepreneur, you're looking, oh yes, you said things on the other side of opportunity. I love the way that you have formulated that, Travis. Most people says, oh, challenges, difficulties. It's a, so what's on the other side of it? Well, you, as first time I hear that, you brilliantly turn around saying, what's on the other side of this opportunity? Therefore, challenges are actually, I always say opportunities in disguise, but <laughs> you're already a step ahead and it says, what's on the other side of this opportunity? And so if everything has its opposites, because you talked about Bob and I love Bob as well. He always said that since everything has its opposite, there's an up, there's a down, there's an inside and an outside always exists. So therefore, if there's a problem, there's a solution. A lot of correspondence. Absolutely. If what you're doing is not working, take a 180 degrees and do something else. And all of a sudden right. you get dra dramatically different results. Exactly. You drink and get DUIs or you don't drink and you do life better. Absolutely. And then if you never drink, whenever there's a, a I don't know if you have that where you live, but sometimes we have that where there's a, what's it called? Like a DD program. Yeah. yeah. They, 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 cops stop you, whatever. And I, I don't drink. So when I come in there, I'm always laughing and say, Hey, officer, why? Thanks for doing this and making sure that we're safe. And he goes, okay, go ahead, go, go, go. Yeah. But yeah. So, so you have nothing to worry about. And this is something that is powerful to all entrepreneurs. Let's, let's dissect this a little bit. If you're doing things that are not good, you get a ticket. If you binge watch, for example, we talked about Netflix and you wonder why your business is not blooming or booming, it's because you're getting a ticket because you're doing the wrong things at the wrong time. So let's find out the things that we need to eliminate from our lives in order to gain traction rather than being dragged back. And we all have them. It's just through, and I love that you said you went through some introspection. This is something that many people don't do. They just shy away from it. How, oh, I'm, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to look some emails and, and try and get distracted by the outside when really the answer is on the inside. It's reorganizing your priorities Absolutely. in the moment. Cool. So, so what gets you fired up about being an entrepreneur was your desire to solve things, wasn't it? Yeah, I love solving problems and, well, solving problems, yes, but every problem in my mind is really just a puzzle because every problem has a solution using that law of correspondence that has this side, it has this side. So if there is a problem or an obstacle or a challenge you're facing, then it's an opportunity to discover the solution and discover the um, most effective outcome for that. And with puzzles, I have just dozens of puzzles that, you know, you take them apart and you put them back together and it doesn't matter how you put it back together because there's infinite different ways of putting a puzzle back together, especially like a, like a, like a normal pieces of a puzzle, like a picture puzzle that there we go. Um, so organizing the different things that you have in front of you in the most effective manner possible is really exciting for me because then I get to piece things together in my mind 
And if it doesn't work, then I throw it out and I go to the next possible solution. It's like a, a mental master lock kind of thing where I'm organizing the different dials to make sure that I have the right alignment for that master key. Because when you come up with a solution, it's basically a master key for the problem. And I, I find that very fascinating, especially with systems, because everybody has systems for everything that they do. The <clears throat> difference in systems is how many steps it takes to get from the start to the end. And the more efficient a system you have, the less time it takes to accomplish the certain task and the more time you can spend doing something more productive, especially with automating systems. You make this the most efficient system possible with the least amount of steps and you hand it over for a system to do automatically 24 seven. So automatically it's three times more productive than you were doing it eight hours a day. So it opens up a lot more time and opportunity for you to reorganize your priorities around what is going to be the most productive and proactive things to do moving forward. So I love it. I love systems. And and interestingly enough, I I I mention oftentimes that a man with a system that he follows religiously will outperform anybody without a system. And then I put a caveat, even if the system they're following is flawed, because mm -hmm. the system will outperform people with no system. And it's and it's something that is powerful and of in and of itself, but also because I'm a coach and a mentor, we teach people what's the system that you're using and then we tweak it and make it better. But oftentimes when we try and solve our own systems and our own challenges, we don't see it properly. We need the help yeah, of the label from the else. inside of the bottle. We need to sell. We need the help of someone else to look at it. And if you don't believe that's true, think about it this way. Everybody listening right now. Do you have a brother-in-law or a sister-in-law that you say that they have a problem? Says, man, if they would only do this, everything would be solved. Right. Yet they don't see it. You see how easier it is to solve someone else's problem than our own. And I'm doing, doing this tongue in cheek because it happens to all of us. So let's, let's consider the fact that if you want to accelerate, go to someone that is a master, a puzzle solver, someone that can see differently what you're doing for, as you said, as you said, Travis, that's what you do. So Travis is the one that you go see if your system seems to be good, but you need to more traction with it. You go and see an expert. You want to learn how to do martial arts like I did? I, that's why I went to a ninth Dan nine. This is crazy. Ninth Dan master. Like this guy knew what he was doing. And so going to see people that know more than us and being humble enough to get information from them enables us to actually gain traction and create results way more. Excellent. Who, not how. I'm sorry? Who, not how. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it. The how will come. So, but what do you, Travis, love most about what you do and why? I love seeing the internal connections being made, kind of like the gears starting to turn. If you put the if you put the right gears on the right spokes, they turn all together in unison and helping people to kind of put things together piece by piece and creating this actual working system, whether it is for the business or for themselves or some internal thing or external thing systems, regardless, piecing the things together properly. So it starts to make a, a flow. And from that flow, 
you know when you're in flow because you know yourself better than anybody else can know yourself. So it's kind of like the aha moments or the epiphanies. It's the doorways to meaning is when you have those moments of realization, it springs more life forth from within you and it powers you to move forward more productively because in a sense, it's creating more life from within you. So it, it it's, I love seeing more life being able to be brought forth within people when they are understanding something or being able to visualize it or feeling it within them or actually doing something or getting inspired to move forward. That's very inspiring for me. Being able to be a conduit for that or a vessel for that to make that happen like a link. Absolutely. You're, you're part of solving their puzzle. I, I like what you says, bring more life to it. So like we circling the, 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 the message here, people looking for outside stuff. Like you even talked about alcohol. When people take alcohol, they take something that's outside. They put it inside of them, hoping that it'll change them. But it's very, it's, it's uh, uh, temporary. But if you take it from the inside and you bring it out, then there's not, there's, there's, it's a bottomless. Right. You're that. trying to fit the right need with the wrong means. Absolutely. The right means with the right, absolutely. Right need, wrong means. Yeah. Absolutely. Right need, wrong means. Excellent. And so, but the right need and the wrong means is oftentimes the reasons why we get stuck because, oh, I like this. I've been doing this for so long. I'm going to keep on doing this. Yeah, but it's not working. Yeah, but I love doing this. It's the wrong means. You have the right need. You want to help people, but you're doing it the wrong way. And so by doing the wrong way, you're dragging yourself and you're not, it's not happening. Business and success in life is not complicated. I would tell people success and, and failure is like an inch apart. It's not miles apart. It's by the small things that great things come to pass. And like that, the, the right need with the wrong means. And really, that's Go ahead. really kind of a, uh, a coin in a sense. They are so close together. They're a coin, but they're the same coin because you can take it as one side that failed to do this, or you can take it as the other side. I successfully didn't do what I wanted to do, but I learned how to not do it. Kind of like with Edison, learning 10,000 ways how not to make a light bulb. He didn't fail 10,000 times. He succeeded in other ways that were not the right way moving forward. But he eventually, it's like a, turning a dial. Um, you can go a certain direction or a certain degree, and it doesn't allow you to move forward past a certain point but you keep turning the dial to get the right frequency or the right direction or whatever and eventually you know a circle comes back to itself so eventually you're going to find that path that moves you forward you just got to keep trying absolutely and and you talked about edison some people says ten thousand one thousand doesn't really matter just a number it, it's a big number but one of the things that this number tells each and every one of us is that success does not attack anybody. We all have to take the stairs. There's no elevator. We need to pay the price. You cannot, I say this often, you can't pay someone to do push-ups for you. You have to do the push-ups yourself. Yep. And when you do it, you get the strength, the energy, and the power derived from the effort that you put into it. We are more responsible for our success than we can ever imagine. And the day that we realize this, this responsibility, and the accountability that we have for our own things, now we start to turn things around and stop to look less at things outside of us. 
If you if you look at things outside of you, you're empowering outside circumstances and disempowering yourself. If you start to empower yourself by taking responsibility, saying, you know what, this result that I got, I hate it. So what can I do to change it? Not others. What can I do to change? And once you start doing it, then it starts to change. And so you empower yourself to make the transformations that are possible for you. But to circle back with Edison, when we talk about the, uh, the light bulb, is 10,000. Everybody listening to my voice, you're all entrepreneurs, heart-centered, service-driven, and life keeps hitting all entrepreneurs and wants us to stop and not making happen. Don't stop. Someone's waiting to hear it from you. And if it's not today, it might be tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it might be next week. If it's not next week, it might be next month. Hence, I tell people, don't chase money because you'd be running after it. Chase the fact of you. It's a dream. that it's not, it's not something you chase, something you want to bring out of you and create outside of you so you can enable your fellow men, fellow women to have a better life because of the talents and abilities that you bring to the table. Keep going. Keep going. How many people? Uh, Messi. Uh, he finished now for, for soccer, but people says, man, you're so good. You're overnight success. He says, yeah, 20 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like success doesn't attack us. So as an inspiration for people to keep going. And so because sometimes it hits us hard and we don't know when it's going to hit us. So which leads me to my next question, Travis. What's the biggest challenge you've ever faced professional life and how do you overcome it? And before he answers, ladies and gentlemen, we met more than uh, two months ago, three months ago, even. Yep, and at that time, he had a story. And then as we, we convened before the, uh, the, the episode today, I said, so tell me. And he says, well, something happened um, three weeks to a month ago. And so how about you tell us about that one? And, and the reason I'm, I'm specifying this is that if we think that once we solve a problem, there's no more, that's not true. There's just more and more problems coming and challenges or opportunities, if you want to term them that way. But we come to the table with more strength to overcome them. And so can you share with us what happened like three weeks to a month ago? And Absolutely. That, that challenge that you made, oh, come on. Yeah, so I was juggling several different uh, projects and things I was trying to do all at once. And it got to the point where I basically was dealing with burnout, but it was kind of much more than burnout because I didn't know, I didn't think I knew how to do anything that I was trying to do, even though I was fully capable of doing everything that I was doing, but I was putting too much on my own plate. And to put it in a metaphorical visualized sense, it was like I put too many siphons in the same bucket. And one of these siphons, one or more of these siphons wasn't going to another bucket. It was just going nowhere and just wasting energy, time, resource, just not being productive, proactive, anything like that. And so I was pretty much like stuck in bed for 12, 14 hours a day for four solid four days, just not wanting to get out of bed. Um, not wanting to do anything. I just felt like I was doing this for eight, nine months and I made no progress. No, no, it felt like I wasn't doing anything right or well or anything like that. And it's just the voices that were screaming rather than listening to the, the whispers of direction, these voices of um, you're a failure. You're not going to make it. You suck. You can't do this. 
Um, it's evident now because it's been months and you haven't made progress moving forward. Um, you might as well just quit and go back to doing what you were doing before. So many of these voices and I just, it was bringing me back to a very dark point in my life that was how do I put it? Very self-destructive in the sense of um, very completely self-destructive, to put it lightly. And I remembered towards the end of this little stint, um, an exercise that my one of my, my coach had given one of the people in the group that I was in. Um, because words are very important. And the way the actual words that you say kind of show the direction of where you're at inside. And there's different, we, it's called the five modalities, the physical, left brain, right brain, emotional, spirit. And using very physical terms, I felt like crap, like poop, like S-H-I-T. And um, thinking back to the exercise that he had somebody else do or was about to do is taking all of that negative emotion, the the past, the history, the things that were holding you back from moving forward, the feelings that you had moving forward that were preventing you from moving forward. And the next time that you take a dump, project those feelings, those experiences, those emotions, all that negativity onto that poop and flush it down the toilet in a symbolic representation of getting rid of the past, cutting the cord to the negative and moving forward into the positive. And if that doesn't work, then the next time you take a dump again, project all of that onto the, the turd and then take a plastic bag, put, put it inside out over your hand, pick up the turd, close the bag and carry it with you. Because that's in a sense what you're doing with carrying all these negative emotions and experiences and holding on to the past and having that kind of like that stronghold of not letting you move forward. So then you hold on to that. And when you don't want the crap anymore, you dispose of it. Well, I was not prepared to do that. It seemed very illogical and ridiculous to me because I think very analytically a lot of times, very analytically, systematically and left brain thinking. But I also incorporate a lot of visualization and right brain thinking. So what I did instead was I analyzed what poop was because it's not just waste that comes out of your body. It acts also as a uh, composter and you put dung in compost and it makes it makes the plants or food grow more. So it's compost. And I was feeling like crap. So I associated the feeling with the physical representation of what crap could do rather than what it was feeling like. So I associated my body because it's not me. This is just my body, the vessel that I'm in with someday it's going to turn into compost because my body is going to decompose yep. and become part of the earth and so on and so forth. So I gave myself permission to feel like crap and depressed and 
dying and decomposing and decaying, so, so on and so forth, when I die. Because in this time, in the moment, in now, I have work to do. I'm here on a mission. I have things that I gave myself to do and things that I've inspired that I've been inspired to do. And I have a responsibility, not just to myself, but to everybody else in my team and the people that I've been connected with. And also to my creator for creating me. I have a purpose on this world in this life that I am meant to fulfill. I am meant to continue learning, continue growing, continue to expand more of myself, my consciousness, my awareness of who I am and bring that to as much potential as I can possibly bring it to, to not only serve myself, but to serve everybody it's meant to impact along the way. Because the things that we go through in life aren't always just meant for us. They're meant to be shared experiences for other people to be able to go through whatever they're dealing with in life. So I gave myself permission, my biology permission to be what I was feeling like in the moment in the future after my spirit separates from my body and my body starts to become decaying, composting manure. So that logical and visual representation of putting those negative feelings into the future was what really freed me up in the present to get my boots back on and continue walking and move forward with what I'm calling. I love it, man. You, you've, you literally dumped a lot of stuff, right? And, and that's awesome. And so one of the things, let's take a, a 10,000 foot view on this. So for all the listeners and viewers to actually get some nuggets from that, I took some notes. First, you felt really bad. And then you said, my coach gave me some insights and five modalities. Interestingly enough, everybody listening, whenever we're stuck, find help outside of you. Because if you stay in your poop, like you said, you're not going to solve anything. Mm -hmm. And if you stir it, it smells even more and everybody's splattered. So therefore, we need to have some outside view out of this. That's why coach and mentors, I have, I have coaches myself, because we cannot see what we cannot see. And then you said, you said about different modalities. I like to talk about thoughts, feelings, and actions. The thoughts that you have create feelings inside of you, and those feelings will either make you do things or stop you from doing things, i.e., I'm not moving out of bed. I'm staying in bed all day long. Those are the feelings that you had that created those actions. Or you decided to do something about it, and then metaphorically, uh, I like what he said, is we think in images, and so those images are very powerful. So that thing of flushing is the thoughts that you put feelings into it and you flush them, oh, it liberates you. So it's something that is very liberating either way that people decide to do. And we're all different. That's why we need different personalities of people to help us in life. If we're all the same, it would be boring. And then I love at the end where he says, because in essence, from my maker and the creation, I needed to grow myself so I can serve others better. So that's a that's a 10,000 foot view analysis of what you just said and that's good for each and every one of the entrepreneurs listening to this right now we all have challenges we all need to overcome them we can't overcome them alone go see someone else to help you as he helps you or she helps you 
you get better. As you get better, you can serve more powerfully and impact more people so that in turn, they can impact more people. It's 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 not as a circle of life of the Lion King, but it's... <laughs> it's, it's a fluid multiplication factor. It is something that is powerful and we need to become better individuals in order to help others. That's that's absolutely great. So so the way, the biggest lesson that you've got from this is, is that... Tell, tell us about that. So, of course... One of the lessons is that we can't do it alone and we need others. But what else? What's another biggest lesson that you've learned from this challenge that you've overcome? Feelings are feelings and emotions are meant to serve as a notification, an internal notification to what is either holding you back from something or that, that in my mind, they're meant to be a notification like being feeling sad for this and then you go into it and kind of learn from whatever the feeling is notifying you to remember or to extract the lesson from because emotional attachments are meant to serve as a reminder that there's still something that you need to learn about whatever this emotional attachment is held to the memory of and whatever the memory is you there's still more to learn from to extract the lesson extract the wisdom before that you're a little before you're basically your brain is allowing you to forget it because if you're able to forget something you're able to forget anything and if you're able to remember something you're technically able to remember anything so taking that in to frame a reference with emotions the emotions of <clears throat> excuse me um emotions that are tying you to the past are meant to serve as a reminder that there's still something to learn from the experience in the past and the negative emotions tied to something in the future is almost like a reminder to stay in this present moment because the future ain't here yet. All we have is, is the, now. Is the one thing that um, I take copious notes, and that's just to help me to organize my thoughts and things. So one of the notes that I've taken down is, um, I was born yesterday, and I will die tomorrow. So I will live forever in this moment every day. And and then as says to someone said, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase this, but it's, it's exactly that you cannot live in the past, but you must learn from it. You mm -hmm. cannot live in the future, but you must plan for it. The only thing you Absolutely. can do is live in the now. And that's, that's why, and that's why God called it the present. Yes. It's, it's a gift. It's the present. Just like Kung Fu Panda. And there you go. <laughs> I took it from somewhere else, but that's fine. And see, that's one of the things. The truth is the truth is the truth. No matter how much you rehash it, it's the truth. It's when you start to analyze things and they don't make sense no more, then you realize that it's not the truth. I like what you said. I like to come back. It says, feelings notify us. That's what they do. If you feel good, you're going to produce good things. And you feel bad, there's a red flag. Something is not in line right here. And instead of eliminating it and then looking to outside things like a binging on, on Netflix, I don't know why I'm talking about this, uh, uh, a lot today, watch, watch Netflix, or, or on your cell phone and doing, doing things outside of you rather than introspection, well, you're just fooling yourself out of the solution that inside of you. But sometimes, as you mentioned, and I love it, we need outside people to help us to actually get that solution out of there, make a framework that we can use to make it happen. Cool. So, fallback on your frameworks. I'm sorry. 
similar to training we had in the military. It's um, falling back on your training, but falling back on your frameworks. Because if nice. you establish frameworks, clearly something's working to make it a framework. So if something's not working, fall back on your framework to move forward into what is working. I love it. And again, comes back to systems. What I said yes. before, someone with a bad system will outperform someone with no system. Absolutely. Because the system actually enables us to get traction. That's great. Perfect. So what words of encouragement or advice would you give a struggling entrepreneur? And what you said, I hope you're going to say what you, what you wrote to me because I think it was brilliant. You said, be afraid. Oh, yep, yep, yep. I was, yep. Um, was going to say stay in it. But yeah, be afraid and do it anyway. Yes. Because it, you're going to be afraid when doing new experiences because that's kind of set in your biology. It's a system in your biology to prepare you to not die with doing something new. And that's a very deeply rooted biological system. So fear is biological and it is in the system of your biology to prevent you from getting caught up in a situation that will like kill you. So it's a survival mechanism. But if you are afraid, uh, do it anyway, because if you do it and you learn from it, then that kind of adds more to the system to reconfigure itself is like you did something new. It, you didn't die. Okay. Now the system needs to adjust a little bit to uh, account for this new variable. So yeah, it's okay to be afraid, but if you do it anyway, you're not going to be less afraid of it. You're going to be more courageous. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I love it. So be afraid and do it anyways. Yeah. Those are words of wisdom to help each and everyone else. Cause sometimes I see, remember what I said, thoughts, feelings, and actions, the thoughts of being afraid gives a feeling of being paralyzed and therefore you take no action. So we yeah, need to five, change five it because we're stuck with this. You can't. So you have to think of something else. Think of what you want or what you desire or how you can help others. So again, altruistic to serve others. When you do that, it's a better feeling. Then you take action and it creates better results. Outstanding. Cool. So do you have a special MVP? I call it mission, vision, passion formula that you can share with the, the audience. Something of vibe or something like that that you mentioned about that I'd like to expand a bit on because I think it's brilliant. I, I'd been working on that. And for vibe, uh, I do like vibe because it goes into vibration and vibration frequency, raising your frequency to um, do more with who you are and what you have at hand. So vibe stands for uh, vision because without vision, people perish. Well, if you don't have a vision, you're going to perish. I went through that for 25 years. I didn't have a vision for the future. And I just created my own cycle of self-destructive cyclone and put myself in jail. So having that vision of something to look forward to moving forward is really essential. And uh, so vision, um, then the I is what? V for vision, I is for what? Okay. Yeah, so integrating all parts of you to move forward in the most effective manner possible. So it's not just the good parts, it's the dark parts, kind of like what um, Jordan Peterson has talked about from what I think Jung had referenced as integrating the shadow. And if you don't integrate the shadow, it's just going to 
grow into this ugly beast that eats you, metaphorically speaking. So yes, but and then again, it's the thought that creates that feeling. That feelings makes you stop or freaks you out. You do nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And another phrase that I heard that I really love it is: Would you rather be a warrior in a garden or a gardener in a war? And <laughs> I would rather be a warrior in a garden having that shadow integration, like I can be dangerous, but I control it. And it's integrated into my being that I can use it when need me. But normally I'm a nice or I'm a friendly, uh, relatable person. So I have it when I need it, but I don't use it because it's not necessary. So that integration factor and aligning your modalities, aligning who you are as a being. Cool. And then B is for belief. Yes. And I'm probably going to play with that a little bit more because I'm not sure if belief is the right word, but belief in the sense of knowing that you can do something because your life is your resume, not just what you started to do a few months ago or last year, or a few years ago, your entire life is your resume. Everything that you've done, everything that you've learned, everything that you experienced, it all works together to make the, you know, the sheet of who you are as a being, as a person, as an individual in society. So believing that, no, knowing that you have that capability to do what it is that you're inspired to do to move forward, um, it, whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. Absolutely. So the, the former is the more effective approach. Think believing that you can, knowing that you can, and stepping forward in that faith of, I don't know how, but I know why and I know what. So the how will come when I meet who. So having that factor of belief and stepping forward. And that leads into the E of execution. Yeah. You can't just have the vision and the alignment and the belief and the knowing and the faith of being able to do it. You got to do it. You got to go forward and make it happen, whether it's good or bad. It's probably going to suck moving forward, but you only suck doing something until you don't suck at it anymore. You know, it takes practice. It takes repetition, kind of like with setting up systems. You know, you're probably not going to have the most effective or efficient system the first time you try to set something up. It takes tweaking. It takes resolving the edge cases and getting the different perspectives and executing on a task or action, whether you think it's a good thing to do or it will benefit the process is in the moving forward it's kind of like one of the things that jordan peterson talked about in one of his biblical lecture series is kind of following the 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 star the 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 higher potential but it, it's a moving target so you have to follow it and sometimes you're going to step off the path and then you have to re readjust and realign and get back on the path so it's in the execution with the others in alignment that you can move forward into the being that you were created to be and do what you were created to do and serve who you were created to serve. I love it. I, I like to say, God cannot steer a parked car. Keep moving. Yep. <laughs> Even if you're going in the wrong direction, you'll be directed into another one. So movement, and I love that at the end of it, what the vibe, uh, vision, integration, belief, and execution, which is also action. And then by doing so, we're materializing the things that we're thinking and feeling. We need to act on it. That's absolutely, I love that acronym. This is fantastic. Cool. 
So what's next on your professional uh, to-do list or any plans that you have or, or um, how do you say, projects that you have? One, I think is it's pretty interesting. Recycling something? Yeah, so me and my partner, Larry, are putting together a, um, what we have put to, started putting together, the clothing recycling initiative called the Larry Robbs Foundation. And it is a clothing recycling project to build a clothing recycling station in Uganda. Um, but also having a station, but also having a store to sell recycled, eco-friendly, um, sustainable clothing from and creating this system to reduce the amount of fast fashion and other wasted materials that ends up in landfills. Because, I mean, I didn't know this in, in August, even the first half of September before I met him, that the amount of waste that pro gets produced and sent over and distributed throughout Africa and just dumped in Africa has been building over the past 60 years. And there's hundreds of waste sites and landfills and water systems that get clogged up with all these waste materials. And there's millions and millions of tons just getting sent there every year because it's things that we, that American distributors and consumers don't think that they can sell again. So they get sent over to Africa um, and 70% of the time, it's not usable materials, especially with clothing. It's just really cheaply made fast fashion materials that have been put together for a trend and then discarded after a couple of uses. So we are working this project to reduce the amount of um, wastefulness and shoddiness in the fashion industry to promote more sustainable fashion and circular economies, and also to create an educational system around um, circular economies, sustainable fashion, and how students can start their own fashion brand, because fashion is a very much a cornerstone of African culture. And it's not, it might not be perceived as a prominent area of sustainability or wastefulness, but it is a big factor. If you think about all the clothing that we wear on a daily, monthly, weekly, yearly basis, it, it adds up. And Africa has been basically the world's dumpster for six decades. So wow. we're, we're putting that together. <clears throat> that's cool. And then what legacy do you like to leave to future generations? That symbiotic posterity. Can you explain that? This is a very, I like that cool word. Explain that to me, please. So I can't, I will definitely explain that, but that also goes into the other project that I'm working on as well is planning the, well, I'm going to walk the world's longest walkable road which goes from Cape Town, South Africa, all the way up to Magadan in Russia. And it's about 14,000 miles. And that is meant to serve as a conduit for microgiving and symbiotic posterity. posterity. So microgiving is basically giving in small amounts to different um, entities or parties for specific reasons or whatever. And doing that the entire way to having that authentic human connection with people and helping them to move forward with their lives, but not bringing in outside people to solve the problem, but providing local communities and local support to have that empowerment aspect of solving the problem together. And the symbiotic posterity is kind of a combination of all parties working together for the benefit of all future generations, because what we do now, is not just affecting us now it's affecting us and our future generations for <clears throat> generations to come kind of like with the um establishing an educational system back in the 1850s or going through the industrial revolution now the 
um, digital age of the technology and information revolution, the things that we do and create have a ripple effect throughout time, even though we won't be here to experience all of it. So the greatest possible thing that we could do moving forward is to create the best possible future for all future generations. And in order to do that, we have to work together under a combined vision of that future in order to create it together. Kind of the masterminding principle. Love it. Masterminding good, masterminding a good vision of the future or masterminding a profitable vision of the future. That's it. The more you involve people in the decision making, the more they feel that it's them rather than being imposed upon them. Right. And, and someone once mentioned something to me in a different angle, but exactly the same way for the, the, the message is that we did not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We simply borrowed it from our children. Mm. So we need to take care of it. So we take care of it because it's for a future generation. So we didn't inherit from the ancestors. We borrowed it from our children and future generations. When you do that, you start, you pick up the, the, the piece of paper that you drop on the floor and you put it in the garbage because, mm -hmm. oh, it's not mine. I, I, I borrowed it from someone else. I didn't inherit. And you're just flaunting the inheritance. That's how people go broke. They flaunt yeah. inheritance. Exactly. That's so, why you, people create companies to support their families. And then that classic story of where the, the first child takes it over and just gets ruined because it's not that same concept carrying through. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Cool. So let's take care. I, I love that. So landing the plane here, I always ask this just for fun. If you had a superpower, what would it be and why? Discernment. Okay. And that and was great. I really value the quality of discernment, which in my mind and what I see discernment being is differentiating between uh, two choices. The choice to follow what has been accepted or to question it and to do what feels right, not just feeling right, but feels right, smells right, tastes right, looks right, and feels right. And because rules are meant to serve people, but rules are not always created in a sense that they're self-evolving to fit the ever-evolving needs of the people that it is created to serve. So discernment in the sense of questioning everything as often as possible because if you don't question something it gets set in stone and what's set in stone is much harder to adjust let's say so the sooner that you can question something to offer a new perspective of it the sooner that it can be evolved to serve the greater good moving forward because yes. if a system doesn't have that built into its infrastructure, it fails from the start. Some someone, I think as Christian Michael said, I'm not too sure. He says, whenever there's a situation, you can be a rock, you can be clay, or you can be water. If mm. you're a rock, you're immovable, you hurt yourself, you hurt others. If you're clay, it's hard to move, it's mucky. And if you're water, you can flow. And landing it with one of my favorite, he's the one that introduced me and, and got me involved into martial arts, Bruce Lee. He always says, mm -hmm. be, be like water, my friend. 
Yes. Be like water. You pour water into this cup, it becomes the cup. You become you put it in, in a bucket, it becomes the bucket, but it's still water. And so you don't lose your identity, but you can morph with the things around you, but you are still you. And it's very important to continue to still be us. Cool. You are 70% water. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, and the older we get, my mom's 92, and I found out that she's no longer 70% water. Oh, wow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's why, that's why the, the, the skin just mm, withers yeah. because we get less and less water, but that's, that's another interesting thing. Cool. So if people would like to get a hold of you, what's the best way? I have uh, uh, things maybe going on LinkedIn. Yes. That's a good place. Yeah. LinkedIn is the best place, and I'm working on trying to figure out how to get social media started so that people can follow me on my walk. So Instagram is probably the next best one, but I don't have that set up right now. So LinkedIn for now. And um, yeah, love to cool. get connected and meet, meet new amazing people. Excellent. I love it. So it's uh, LinkedIn.com, uh, Travis-Pains-2-Profits. Yes. So and so as people find out about this and then in there, I'll find out about your journey, the things that you do. Thank you so much for, for coming in and talking to us and enabling us to figure out that, you know, life keeps happening to us. There's challenges that are there. And if we can't overcome them alone, let's go to see others so they can develop through systems. We can use our miss, as you said, the things that we have a hard time with, plug into that system. And then it's not the answer. And be all to everything because once we put in that system then we look at the results and then when you look at the results is, is this what i want if it's yes keep doing more of it if it's no tweak it tweak it and then find out does it make the system does it create the result that you want yes do more of it not tweak it and the day we think we know it all is the day we start to fall yes let's, let's get together as a big family and find out from one another and shortcut this thing in life to enable us to have a bigger impact with more people so we can uplift. I like to say when the tide rises, all the boats rise with it. Big boat, small boat, doesn't matter. And out there, there's someone waiting for you. This is how I like to end all my shows, saying someone is waiting for you. Stop tiptoeing through life. Put the things aside needs to be put aside. Get the help that you need, but make you shine. So that as you shine, your light will be bright and help others edify them. And as you do so, they get better. You get better. The world gets better. Travis, Absolutely. thank you so much for coming. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. And, and all the best into that. I like that thing of um, what's that word that you use? Just make me sure that I'm, I'm doing it right. You said symbiotic posterity. That's symbiotic it. posterity. Yeah. I'll come up with a simpler phrase, but yeah. It's, okay. it's not. It stands out, makes people think and want to ask questions. And as you said, when we don't understand something, some people are afraid of it and just go away. Or others say, hmm, I'm going to be inquisitive about this and find out more. And so for all of us in all our businesses as entrepreneurs, sometimes there's things that are scary because we don't understand them. Ask questions. Find out about people who know. And that's how they get better, you get better, and we all get edified. So let's get fired up and sharing our message with everybody around us. And until next time, make it a great day by making a difference, by being you. Until next time, make it a good one. Have a good one. Thanks, Thank Travis. Thank you so much. Thank you.